Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm super excited to have you all back here with me. I'm just getting back from a little maternity leave from our third daughter. And today I'm going to be sharing her birth story. So I'm very excited to be sharing this. Uh, Her name is Elise Marie, and she is actually joining me today. So if you hear any baby sounds, that is her. (laughs) I did a pregnancy episode where I shared my dreams that I had of this birth and go back and listen to it. It's just kind of fun to see, oh yeah, this is what she was dreaming about. This is her intention for birth. And then today we'll kind of conclude all of that. So this show, some fun news is almost to 10,000 downloads. I am just blown away. This is season two and we started a year ago this month. So it's really fun to see how far it's come, how many women it's impacted. I just love getting all of your messages, your DMs on social media, just full of encouragement and it really helps this podcast keep going. So if you feel led or if this podcast has really helped you, would you share it with someone you know or leave a review? It really does help this podcast keep going and sharing um, with more women just reinforces this community feeling that I want to have. This is a sisterhood. We're all in this together. So thank you for those who have been here this past year. And thank you to those just joining. Another news. (laughs) I fixed the birth planning site. Who knew that it was having issues? So now you can actually sign up. Sorry for those of you who have had trouble. It's open. It's working now. So you can go to bit.ly slash birth prep session. Sign up for a 60-minute session with me to unpack fears, come up with a plan on how to have a blissful birth. These are really great coaching times. I just really enjoy hearing your story and hearing where you want your birth to take you what kind of feelings you want to have around birth and then just really coming up with a plan for you on how to prepare for that. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Allie McLean and I want to welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible, knowing full well birth is unpredictable, but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class, as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. All right, well, let's get into her story. I am so excited to share 
not because it was a perfect birth by any means, but it is very therapeutic to share your story. And this will be my second home birth story that I've shared on podcasts. And I'm just thrilled that you all are interested. And (laughs) this is an outlet for me to get to share. And I hope it helps some of you. It helps you feel empowered. It helps you feel like you are able to have the birth that you want because the reality is I'm nothing special, right? There's nothing special about me that makes me more capable of birthing than any other woman. So I just hope that this story really does help you. I am currently five weeks postpartum and I'm finally feeling a little bit more ready to share. It took me some time to process and to just think about the birth and how far just kind of unpacking some things from that birth. So now I'm ready and I'm here. I'm sharing it with you all. Postpartum time has been fulfilling and challenging and overall just an amazing experience. I love this little girl. I bonded so quickly with her and it's just been an amazing postpartum. So I'm getting ready to go back to work. And that is a little bit sad. And just as things are kind of coming to a close on this chapter, I do find that a little bit more difficult this time than it has with my other two. This story starts off on my due date. Actually, I was due the 31st of December and I was feeling very tired that day. I always have about three to five weeks of prodromal labor. That's pretty hard. This time was no different. I had been having that for a few weeks. I was needing a nap. So I did, I took a nap. I woke up around one or two and I had a gush and I'm like, oh my goodness, my water broke, but no, it was a gush of blood. And I was so scared. I was terrified. All of the terrible things were rushing through my head of, oh my gosh, this is a uterine rupture. This is a placental abruption. Like I was thinking of all the most terrible things. I was like, I know I'm going to have C-section. And I just felt myself so heightened. I was having kind of an anxiety attack. So I called the birth attendant and she said, she asked, what is your intuition telling you? Uh, do you feel baby moving and have you stopped bleeding? And it was just a gush of blood and then it was done. Baby was moving just fine. I had her come over, check the heartbeat. Heartbeat was great. I really did tap into my intuition and I did feel peace about staying home. So I thought that night we're going to have a New Year's Eve or New Year's baby. Yay. But no, baby had some different ideas about that. So I had about two days of contractions, mostly from one in the morning to four in the morning. They're sharp. They were hard. It was very deceiving. I thought every night, okay, this is it. They'd get regular and they'd stop. So January 2nd, I woke up again, same time as always, one in the morning, around two in the morning. I thought, okay, maybe I'll I'll time them every five minutes. I ended up timing them. They would get regular about every five minutes. So I thought around four in the morning, I could wake up my husband. So I did. And I thought, oh my goodness, 
this is going to go so fast. I'm a third time mom. I've had, you know, a vaginal birth before home birth. I know how this all works. I'm just, I'm a pro. So this is going to be super fast and amazing. Uh, so I had my husband call my whole birth team in and my, the birth attendant showed up around five. She checked baby's heart. Everything looked good. I was alternating between really strong and really weak contractions. The back pressure felt amazing. Really, it was just a straightforward, I guess, early labor. (laughs) And again, I just thought this was going to be fast. I thought it was going to be at max, like six hours was what was in my head for whatever reason. I actually have no idea where this came from, but it was just something that I had kind of built up in my mind of, well, this is where I'm at right now. So this is where I should be. And I kind of had an end time in my head of when I would meet baby. Well, everybody showed up around six in the morning, six 30 about, and when they all arrived, I kind of started to feel like I was slipping into this hostess mode. I had this feeling of, okay, I need to perform and go fast because they're all here supporting me and I don't want them to have to stay for 20 hours and be exhausted. Like I've been to births before that are 24 hours long and, you know, I'm tired and I don't want that to be my team. And so I just was putting all of this pressure on me without thinking, oh my goodness, time flies like in our heads when I'm attending somebody with a 24 hour birth. It doesn't feel like 24 hours, but I just really didn't think it would go that long, but I did feel that pressure to perform. So I did get into the really intuitive mode here and there. I felt my body move and squat into positions to relieve pressure in areas. And I really did feel instinctual and I just kept putting this pressure on myself to go fast. I mean, third baby, right? It should be over by now. Why is this not going faster than I thought I would? Around seven in the morning, I got in bed to rest and it wasn't so much physically, I was tired from the contractions or anything, but I just kind of wanted to snuggle up in my blankets. I wanted to feel surrounded and safe and feel comforted. I was just emotionally exhausted and upset because this wasn't how I pictured it. And I just started to get a little grumpy. There was an internal struggle going on. So as I was laying in bed, I was just kind of assessing everything. And I was annoyed and I was discouraged. And it was nothing like my birth with my last or my last home birth. I felt so much joy and just peace and fun with that birth. So I I could not figure out why am I having all of these grumpy feelings the shower is my happy place. And it was throughout my pregnancy. It really helped me um, just kind of center and release some anxiety. So I went in there, I shut the door and I spent about a half hour uh, trying to figure out what, like why I was frustrated and just not having any fun. And I realized I was asking questions that nobody could answer. Like, when will I be done? Do you think I'm in active labor? 
do you think the baby will be here by such and such time? Like Nobody can answer that for me. So after my shower, my birth attendant and doula and husband, they did some body work with me. So we did the sideline release, the rebozo, we lift abdominal lift and tuck. And this whole time I was just grouchy. I was not in a headspace that was conducive to labor whatsoever. So I ended up crawling back in bed. I had tears in my eyes. I told my husband, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm not going to have a baby today. I'm just going to stay in bed and we'll do this another day. And when I was laying in bed, I actually didn't have any contractions. They kind of spaced out between 20 and 30 minutes. And so I really did get some rest, but I just was fully prepared to go however long and just not have a baby. (laughs) So after I laid in bed for a little bit, it was probably around 11. My midwife came in and she asked me two very intuitive questions. She said, one, is there too many people in here? And she said, two, are you too much in your head? (laughs) And I cried and I shook my head. Yes. And she said, okay, that." that's fine. How about you and your husband go eat some lunch and watch a movie? We will all be close and we'll come back whenever you need. So I'm like, okay, fine. And so my husband talked me into getting out of bed and we order Panera. I ate a full Panera meal. I ate a full half sandwich and half soup. And we watched a funny movie together. And during each contraction, he would time it. And then he would read uh, a Bible verse to me. And it just started to help me really feel calm and centered again. And around three o'clock, I realized oh my goodness, I should probably call my chiropractor. Maybe that would help. Uh, So I called her and within about 30 to 40 minutes, she was over at my house and she adjusted me. It was amazing because after her third adjustment, so she adjusted like my neck, my mid back, my lower back, my pelvis. After that third adjustment, I got the most massive contraction and I was like, whoa, that was that, that definitely felt different. So around 4.30, 4.45, my midwife came back over and I just remember I'm leaning over the couch. She walks in, just sees me with my head down in the couch being like, oh my God, Jesus, help me. It was strong. I was shaking. I felt like I was in transition. And I thought about asking her, is this transition? Although I knew what she would say. And I promised myself that I wasn't going to ask any more questions that I knew people couldn't answer. So I just kind of chose not to think about it and just surrender. So it didn't really matter if I was in transition or not, because it was going to be whatever it was going to be. And I was going to have a baby whenever I was going to have a baby. So what's the point of knowing if I'm in transition or not? So that was a big, big moment where I felt like things shifted. And the funny part was 
my chiropractor said she had just adjusted someone a couple months back uh, and she had a baby in four hours during labor. So I was kind of joking. Hopefully that happens for me. Little did I know I wasn't too far off. So around 6.45, I had gone up stairs. I had labored on the toilet. uh, And then I started to feel this pinchy pain near my C-section scar. And of course, my assessing mode started to come back on. And I had to choose to turn it off and really tap into my intuition. Because I could have chose to kind of assess and be like, okay, is this placenta creta or am I going to rupture or like what, what's this pain that I'm having? Instead, I just kind of closed my eyes and I let my body do what it needed to do. I did realize I wasn't having the pain in between contractions, so I was probably fine. Well, around 645, we did a position change to see if this pinchy pain near my scar would go away. So I did three contractions on my right side, my left side, on hands and knees, and then on my back. It was very hard. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but it did help a little bit. I was still feeling it. The edge was kind of taken off. So we moved to the birth stool and I did a lift and tuck. And I noticed when I was leaning back, it felt better. And I was just really trying to work with my body, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was starting to feel a little bit defeated because it was a very obnoxious feeling pain. And so my midwife, who very, very, very rarely does uh, cervical checks, asked if I was open to an exam to see if we could figure out why I was having this pinching pain. I thought about it. I was kind of in the middle of a contraction. So I'm just kind of sitting there waiting. I did have a thought, maybe I'm going to regret this later. And I was just a little worried that, you know, if I got the exam that I would feel like I failed because I don't think cervical exams are ever really necessary. So why am I getting one? But I agreed mostly because if there was a way to get rid of this pinching pain, I was okay with it. Well, when she checked me, my bag was bulging and I did have a little interior lip. Now, as soon as I heard you have an interior lip, I thought, oh my goodness, she is going to force that cervix over the baby's head. I've heard how terrible it is. I've heard how painful it is to have to do that. And I was just mentally preparing for the worst. Thankfully, my midwife is a very wise woman and has talked to a lot of wise elder midwives. And she had been taught by one elder midwife to just kind of touch the lip and tell it what to do. (laughs) As crazy as that sounds, she held that lip there and didn't even push. She was just touching it. And I'll, I mean, I was hearing her say, you're melting away. It's melting away. Baby's moving down. And you guys, that pinching pain went away. I felt total relief 
It wasn't painful. It was amazing. And she held that for five contractions. I got relief during that time. And after the last contraction, she was holding that lip up and all of a sudden we hear a boom. And it was so painful. I rarely use that word, but it really was like a very painful experience. I I don't quite know why, but it was super intense and both my midwife and I felt it and my water broke when we felt this punch. So my midwife was like, whoa, I don't know quite what that was. It was so strong. It felt like a kick. And I was just trying to catch my breath and she had stopped the exam and I was getting on my hands and knees, just kind of deer in the headlights look like, what the heck was that? And she said, you know, that was so hard. Uh, Can we check to see position? I want to see if this baby is breech. And when she said that, I really didn't have any fears. I didn't have any doubts. This baby was going to come out regardless of what position. But I also just didn't feel like the baby was in a breech position. So I was like, sure, we can check, but I have to catch my breath first. All of this, I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm not going to be able to lay back down on that bed quite yet. Like, I'm going to have to gather myself and then maybe I'll be able to lay back down for position check. Well, it was a couple minutes after that. I was going through contractions maybe every one to two minutes. So I was gathering myself and around 8.49, I think I saw in the notes, it was like a complete roar. Just as I felt her head from the top of my pelvis, she fell to my perineum. Just one big fetal ejection reflex push she was all the way through my pelvis and it was amazing and it was crazy and the deer in the headlights look just got bigger and so I instinctively put both hands on my perineum and I felt her head I felt her hair I felt the stretch but I was totally in control and I was so in tune with what was going on. So I just held her head there. I supported my perineum. I was leaning over the bed, the back of my bed. And I was just kind of in like this semi squat position with my head on the bed, holding my perineum. And I just let her stretch. I didn't have any contractions really that I felt during that time. So I didn't really know, do I push? Do I just hold it here? And I was like, as long as I'm not having a contraction, I'm not going to push. I'll just kind of wait here and see what happens. So both hands are on my perineum and I'm slowly starting to feel her head come out more and more. And she just was coming out on her own. It was totally amazing. I was easing her out. Five minutes later from that time that I felt her kind of fall through my pelvis, uh, her head was totally out. And I hear my midwife in the back say, "You can, the baby's head is out. You can give a push if you want. So I did a little push and the baby slipped right out. 
I was blown away. There was a beautiful birth pause where I'm like, what the heck just happened? Did I really just catch my own baby like I wanted to? I pulled her straight to my chest and I looked at her and I I did it. And when I realized I did it, I caught my baby. She's here. It's beautiful. I looked at my husband and I started to cry. It was just amazing. That moment always is breathtaking. So, man, I sat back down on the birth stool for a minute and then I started to bleed a little bit. That's just my tendency. So I I moved to the bed. I was total baby bliss. And I latched her on pretty dang quick. (laughs) And then I started to feel crampy. So my midwife got a bowl and put it under me. And I got up on all fours. I'm like, I'm going to deliver this placenta myself. I call my own baby. This is still birth. I'm going to catch my, going to birth my placenta as well. So I did. I did it. She kind of gave me a little bit of direction. But man, I can't tell you how powerful it was to complete birth by catching my baby and delivering my placenta. There was such a completeness that came out of doing that. When my placenta was born, I had been bleeding a little bit. So my midwife cut off a little bit of the placenta, rinse it off and put it in my mouth. Really crazy, but it's great for bleeding. Um, I was given some tinctures and this whole time I just felt great. I felt energetic. I had a birth high. I was snuggling with my girls in bed. My oldest actually saw her born and my youngest was woken up right after. So it was an amazing and empowered birth. Even you know, if there was some parts that weren't exactly what I thought, it was still overall an amazing experience. So some of the lessons I learned from this is my story is my own. And what happened, I think, was especially with the length of the labor was I was thinking, okay, third time mom, I'm supposed to go half as fast as my second birth. So I thought for sure, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have a baby in about six to eight hours. (laughs) And when I hit that six hour mark, I just started to feel defeated. Like, why is it that all of these other moms have babies so fast? And then for me, it takes forever. And I started to compare. And when I was comparing, I just lost my joy And I lost what I love so much about birth and just really surrendering to that process and enjoying it. And I just really found that once I gave myself the okay to experience this labor as my own and not have to please anybody with my story or be like anybody else in my story, then things started to progress and they progressed fast. From the time I got adjusted, I had a baby in five hours. So once that mindset shift kind of happened and I surrendered and I just let my body do what it needed to do, I had a baby actually pretty quickly. So that's the other thing, surrender. You know, you can visualize all you want. And the thing is, this pregnancy was kind of crazy. I did have 
a lot of anxiety during this pregnancy and I didn't give myself a lot of space to visualize my birth. So I really didn't have an idea. Uh, With my last home birth, I spent hours visualizing what it was going to be like and it was almost to the T what I had visualized. This time, all I knew about the birth was I wanted to feel everything. And boy, did I. (laughs) I felt everything. And it was powerful. And it was intense. And it was amazing. So either way you go about it, you can visualize. That's amazing. For me, not visualizing was okay this time. I'm trying to think how how to explain it. But there's a difference between comparing and dreaming about your birth because of hearing somebody else's story and kind of visualizing and dreaming up your own. And that's what I didn't do this time. So the third thing was find joy. There was joy in little moments throughout the day and night. The first part of the labor, I chose to be grumpy. I chose to not enjoy and to just kind of pout. But When I decided halfway through when everybody had left, okay, something has got to change. I'm going to find joy in this. I'm going to love the labor that I'm meant to have this time. And I'm going to find joy because I I do love labor. I just do. And I didn't want to go through my whole labor just grouchy. So the last lesson I learned was empowered birth choices won't leave you with regret. So when it came to the cervical check, I was very surprised and I'm still kind of shocked that I I have zero regrets about it. Uh, part of the worry I had was, well, you aren't very natural. <laughs> if you get a cervical check, why are you relying on them? They're pointless. Like all of these things in my head. And what's the natural birth community going to think if you get a cervical check? Oh my goodness. Who freaking cares? Like I had all the information and I knew my body and I wanted a check. And you know what? I got a lot of relief from it. Part of it though, is I had a freaking amazing midwife who respects me and who knows about the physiological birth process and who's not going to do a cervical check willy-nilly like there's a big difference in that versus somebody who does them at 37 weeks just to see where you're at like big difference I knew the risks I knew the benefits I knew all of my choices and I was in control it wasn't like oh you know what we should get We should do a a cervical check right now because of this. It was a very respectful, are you okay with this? Is this what you want? We could see. And it was totally up to me. I got to choose and I did. And again, I don't regret it. I mean, cervical checks can go away on their own. Maybe it would have, but I was getting really annoyed with that cervical pain. I was just done with it. That pinching was... uh, so obnoxious. So who knows? I had a baby about 20 minutes later after that cervical check. Who knows how long it would have taken if I didn't? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Happened the way it happened and I have zero regrets. So empowered birth choices really don't leave you with regret. That's why learning about the physiological birth process, becoming empowered 
feeling strong in your choices, it matters. It matters a lot. So I'm so thankful for my team, for supporting myself and my husband. So we could be free to do what we needed to do to have a lease. And I just find myself so in love with my husband after we have a baby. It's amazing that oxytocin just really gets you. <laughs> it's, it's great. I bond so strongly with my babies and my husband. It's just a beautiful process that I don't want anybody to miss out on. You can have this too. Each labor really is a learning experience and each one I have and each one I attend, I learn new things about birth and it's just an honor and it's a gift to be able to journey through it. I had a lot of inner work that I had to do and a lot of educating and a lot of rewiring my brain to get to this place where I could look at birth as a wonderful experience. So if you're not feeling that now, that's fine. The culture that we have today where birth is a very feared event, it's hard to get rid of that. I want this for you. I want you to be able to have freedom to birth and to have a blissful birth and informed birth and empowered birth. So if you've birthed before and you need to share that birth with somebody, if you'd just like to unpack it, I'm your girl. I'm genuinely interested to listen. If you have some fears about birth that you'd like to talk about, I'm here. And if you're looking for some practical ways to prepare your emotions and your body to birth, talk to me. This sisterhood that you need, it's here. It's waiting for you. So first, I want you to go um, sign up for the free Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Empowered Mamas Tribe. Go to there, fill out the questions, and we'll get you in as soon as we can. And then next, go to bit.ly slash birth prep session and schedule a 60-minute birth planning session with me. This session is totally tailored to your needs. You don't have to go into birth fearful and alone. You do have options. You have an innate ability to birth. So let me help you access that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Stay empowered.